Hello and welcome everybody to Inside Insights, a podcast brought to you from Zappi, which is all about navigating change, whether that's changing your personal, professional world, and really looking at how our insight world is evolving. I have the pleasure of co-hosting this podcast with Ryan Barry. Ryan, do you want to say hello to our listeners? Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining. Today, we have a really exciting interview with, uh, with Theo Francis, who is the CEO of Guinea Pig Fieldwork, as well as one of the founders of CORE. But Peter, what, what brought you to want to interview Theo? I, I'm curious of kind of how you guys get to know each other and, and what you're hoping to get out of the interview. Right. So there were some very good reasons why I wanted to make sure that we had got an interview with Theo. Um, He's just launched his own business, Guinea Pig Fieldwork, and we sort of go into that a little bit within the podcast. And and somebody who sets up a business within this time of uncertainty, I think is really, really brave. Um, You know, we see there are winners and losers at the moment within our industry. Um, But more importantly, with the whole Black Lives Matter movement, um, the whole topic around diversity, inclusion and equity within our industry is really, really important. And Theo, along with a number of other individuals, have um, founded CORE, which is Colour of Research um, organisation, which is all about progressing the presence and the, the opportunity that people from ethnic minorities of colour Um, have within our industry so yeah it's just bringing that to our listeners because I think it's really really important for for us to support and learn from them yeah I I completely agree I mean it's 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 a brave movement I'm certainly learning a lot about this topic myself you know and and how I can be um, how I can be a better uh, you know kind of advocate in this movement Um, but it's so important so um, yeah really excited to, to hear you guys talk thank you so Let's go into the interview. Hi, listeners. Thank you for joining us today. Um, Today, I have the great pleasure of welcoming my first guest to this podcast, Theo Francis. Let me tell you a bit about Theo before we um, jump into our, our chat that we've got planned. Theo is the founder and director of Guinea Pig Fieldwork. Now, I want to dig into that name and the rationale behind that name. I'm sure there's an interesting story there. And he is um, also the co-founder and director at Colour Research, um, warmly um, known as CORE with a small E in that. Um, So thank you, Theo, for joining us today. It's a real pleasure. and, And I know you're extremely, extremely busy setting up a new company as well as driving all the great stuff that you've got planned for core so really this podcast is about driving how we're managing change how we're navigating change and we've seen so much recently and I guess you've seen a lot of change in your um, circumstances because you've just set up guinea pig recently and also just launched core you're a um, you do like to be punished and set yourself some challenges so I just want to sort of start off by if you could tell our listeners and me a bit about you, just yeah, tell us sure. a bit about yourself. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Pepita. This is quite an honour. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Um, well, so I'm Theo. I'm 32 years young. Um, I'm uh, of mixed heritage, Jamaican and English. Uh, I grew up in Tottenham, although I support Arsenal. I dropped out of school before taking GCSEs 
So, you know, I never went to university. I sort of bounced around different sales jobs along my on my journey, different marketing jobs before um, falling into market research as you know, most people who most I Most people to. do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> most people. I started off in a call center um, at a company called Indiefield. Okay. Uh, it was supposed to be just a, a part-time gig. And I was doing other things at the time. Um, so, yeah, I, I started there. I did pretty well in the end, worked my way up the ranks, as they say, to, to the point where I am now. Um, but my, my world has always been the operations side. And um, as, you, as you said earlier this year, I started my own fieldwork company called Guinea Pig. Why um, Guinea Pig? Where did that <laughs> name come from? Well, look, with, with Guinea Pig, um, I wanted a name that was understated you know i didn't want to have like ultimate field work or some sort of big name like that mm. because i wanted to be that friendly easy approachable type of company and um obviously there's the the relation that guinea pigs have in research and um, what i do is i find people to take part in research so it seemed like a clever little name um mm. And I was a little bit worried that some people might find it an offensive term. I did a little bit of market research and I found that... Sounds um, sensible. <laughs> should always do market research. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I found that it was about 85% of people really liked it. So it's easy to remember. It's cute. It's nice. And how's it going? How's it going? How, how long have you well, been really, established now? Well, we've been established now literally three months um wow and it's it's gone a lot better than i expected you know i yeah. booked my first project within three days uh within the first two weeks i think we had uh was it three projects in two weeks and then in the first month I, i've lost count now i think we're on project 12 or 13 in three months which is really really good i can't complain well, that's great and that's great <laughs> during lockdown honestly yeah. i mean you know the roller coaster that you must be on like it is it is hard at the moment and you hear so many businesses struggling it was a moment when when everyone was working from home i had to set up the shed and you know it was a little recording <laughs> studio before i set it up into an office i had all of my stuff there and i just thought this is something that i've wanted to do for a long time um i didn't expect that it was it was going to be as busy as it has been as yeah it's been overwhelming actually and now it's it's all about just trying to keep it going um we specialize in consumer b2b hard to reach targets um uk overseas but the, the good thing is when when you're new no one really has you pigeonholed yet so yeah it's just throwing everything at us which yeah is great. i wish you the best of luck in that <laughs> so I mean, we talked about hard to reach groups and obviously you you told our listeners of your mixed heritage and mm. um, our paths um, crossed due to my involvement with the MRS and, you know, my passion about diversity and inclusivity and equality within our industry. What's your impression when of our industry overall from where you were sat in terms of how diverse? What was your impression? Well, as I said, I've, I've always been on the operations side of the desk and operations is far more diverse in terms mm -hmm. of race and in terms of uh, social class, 
mm-hmm. than it is on on the other side of the desk on the agency side um so yeah my own experience it, it wasn't really as uh as profound you might say as some of the other core founders of core who have who have always been on the agency side and looked around and said hey i'm the only brown one in the room mm-hmm. um I mean, I was the only brown one, <laughs> but there were people who, who were a bit closer to me in terms of social class as well. Find agency yeah. side, it's very much university grads, you know, um, people from middle class, white families, they, mm-hmm. they basically rule the roost and very few uh, people of ethnic backgrounds or from mm-hmm. lower income, lower mm-hmm. income families. Why did you think there was more diversity on the operations side of the industry? Why do you think? Why do you think, think it happens a, in that way? Well, I think there's a lower barrier to entry. Right. You know, you can pretty much anyone can walk, walk uh, work in a call center and right. start okay. there. Um, with agency side, you is you know you have to have a certain level of education uh, i feel like people uh, recruit people who look like themselves or, or resemble themselves so when it's built up as a, a culture that this is the majority of the people who work here are from this background of this mm. level of education mm. and when they're recruiting people from outside this you know mm. they're, they're really targeting people who resemble themselves um whereas it's less of a case on the operation side i won't say it's it's not a problem over there. It's just mm-hmm. just less of a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, I, I mean, I was agency side, mm. um, not operation side. And, you know, I, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I, for our listeners, I'm Asian, Indian background. Um, I did go to university and I did get a degree. And and luckily for, for me, I, this was just fortunate. I was um, I was sponsored by an organisation called Windsor Fellowship. I think you've heard of them, Theo. That um, I had summer workshops and sessions where they helped me um, in interview practice, etc., which I would never have got from my community. Yeah. And I was one of the lucky ones, and which then helped me get sponsorship and you know that launch pad. How do you see the industry today? Okay, I mean, in terms of the actual research that we're conducting, I think mm-hmm. there's still a lot of work to be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in terms of how we're, we're representing societies in the UK, um, the ethnic perspective on a lot of things is just overlooked, really. Mm. I think you know, even when it is considered, I think it's more of a, of a tick box exercise. It's just like, oh, we need a, a certain percentage just to be ethnic and, and that's it, just mm-hmm. it's done. Um, rather than really breaking it down and saying, okay, you know, how can we gather the insights on specific ethnic groups around this topic? Because, you know, it's, it's too much work. They're not then thinking about the future, you know, there's what, yeah. you know, what could happen if you opened that up and you, you started to target different communities, you could expand that customer base as a sort of short-term thinking there so panel companies and and qual recruiters they really don't spend a lot of of time trying to get ethnic minorities onto their books because you know, yeah. that's the point but yeah. then you know when we are researching these these people of ethnic backgrounds sometimes it's really important stuff that we're, we're trying it's not just about money or a product it's about social mm-hmm. issues it becomes yeah. really difficult to actually find these people because no one's getting them on their books so what we end up with is a, is a sample of people who who don't really represent those communities well, 
it's it's more time consuming, it's more costly. So it sort of perpetuates that idea that it's too much hassle, you know, the juice is not worth the squeeze. And then that sort of, it's a vicious cycle. Yeah, so I th- I, yeah, I think the point there is that that um, there was a webinar that I went on, it was an MRS one, you need data, need the right learnings to have a meaningful conversation. Exactly. And what you're saying there is just, we as an industry struggle. Yeah, to we, access struggle, we struggle measure. to get the data. Yeah. And yeah. if we can't get the data to give it to the clients, then they can't see why it's a benefit to them. So then mm. and, and it becomes back in reverse. So they then don't mm. ask us for the data mm. so that we don't get the data. And <laughs> it's just a cycle. Yeah. So I think that that's, that's definitely a challenge that we're, we're facing in terms of um, you know, how we're actually doing our research. In terms of yeah. the companies that we are building, I think this is still very much a white middle-class industry. We, we've touched on a few of the, of the reasons, um, yeah. you know, especially in the, in the senior leadership. And this is something that core color of research is, is really trying to change. This is our whole yeah. MO. With our, with our Fresh Faces initiative. It's about bringing people from ethnic backgrounds into the industry. With our Each One, Teach One initiative, it's the, the mentorship program. It's free for everybody. It's to try and upskill people and get them to, to where they want to be that much faster. Um, yeah, this is, this is the things that we're really passionate about trying to change. Yeah. So, so, You've mentioned core and, you know, that was one of the main reasons I wanted you um, on our podcast. Um, So let's move on to talking about core. Um, Core stands for Colour of Research. So amazing initiative and something that is so, and actually we shouldn't call it initiative. We should call it a programme, you know, movement, because it's it's more than an initiative. Um, It's something that's really, really important that we, we progress and, um so tell us how how did it start it was it was really organic it was really organic it happened quickly but it was really organic like i i personally came to the realization that something like core was was needed after attending a wire event and and seeing all of the work that they were doing for women and and thinking this this is amazing and not soon after that jane jane frost uh mrs she um she got on stage and said, you know, one of the, the next things that we're really looking uh, as MRS with the next community that we really want to help elevate is the BAME community. My ears pricked up automatically. I'm like, okay, this is, I'm affected by this. Um, mm-hmm. So immediately I reached out to her and I said, you know, what's going on? Can I help? And and she said that, you know, she, she was very positive. Uh, she said, you know, really great that you want to get involved. Right now we're, we're trying to pull together leaders. Um, I then came across a LinkedIn group a few months okay. afterwards, uh, created by Melissa, Melissa Gonzalez from Differentology, who's also one of the co-founders of Core. Um, and yeah. that was titled BAME in Market Research. Oh, so cool. she had visited the, uh, well, she had attended the MRS Awards. I was, I was there as well. Um, I didn't see it there on the night, but um, <laughs> she basically created this group after looking around and saying, you know, there's, there's hardly any of us here. So mm-hmm. she's created this uh, LinkedIn group and I've seen it and, and it would, the whole point was to sort of network everyone together. Um, mm-hmm. So I reached out to her, said, this is amazing. I'm going to invite everyone who I know and I've got a pretty large network on LinkedIn. So I started adding everyone who uh, was from an ethnic background on my connect. All of How my did you miss me? 
I never got an invite. I feel I don't really know if we were connected. Oh, <laughs> I don't know no. if we were connected yet. I think you were still Obviously a secondary not. connection at that point. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the people who I did invite was Bob Qureshi. Right. Of Ivy. So I went to the Quirks um, conference and mm -hmm. he pulled me to the side and he was like, this thing was amazing. Uh, why don't we create something more serious? Because, you know, this is a real problem. And then we came to the, um, the idea that we're going to need a team. So we started pulling together uh, leaders, you know, people who we thought would be great. And what we found is that everyone who we spoke to, they... It, it was so weird. It's like they'd all been having similar conversations already. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like they already were in the mindset that something like this needed to happen. Mm. Already in the mindset that they wanted to be part of it. So there was really no convincing at all. It was just like, this is what we're doing. Oh, of course, I'm in. Done. So, yeah, we had, we had our first brainstorm via Zoom. Um, it was in early March, just as the lockdown started as well, which wow. is it's crazy. Um it snowballed into what we are today we're basically global already we've got over 300 members around the world fantastic we only just launched three weeks ago yeah um, you know the the appetite for this thing has been like overwhelming you know the key initiatives are the each one teach one mentorship program i think that's the the main one and the fresh faces as well trying to bring people yeah. in there's so many other things that we're doing as well yeah, I, I, I mean, I saw your launch party content and it looked fabulous. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of things that you're trying to do or, or want to do. And it must be quite daunting. And I think we've discussed this already. I loved your mm. analogy around it's great taking the plane off, but the hard bit is landing yeah. it. And that's what, exactly. what you're doing now. Now that you've done the launch um, and you've had that initial uproar and engagement you know where where's your head at with it and what well, do you what's what success look like for you yeah I mean yeah it is there's a lot going on it's, yeah you know, lots of moving parts we've mm -hmm. taken on a problem that is huge you know it's, it's mm -hmm. a long-term problem there's it's multifaceted and it's so important you know for so many people as well there's a lot of people expecting big things from this so mm. in terms of what i'm worried about landing i'm, I'm worried about landing everything you know right. um, as as much as i'm happy with the the amount of interest and the the support that we're receiving yeah with the speed that things are going at i do worry sometimes that you know what if this thing gets out of control what if we can't actually manage it all but when I look around the, the amazing people that we have on the core team alone, then the amazing people who are, are stepping up, they're putting their hands out and saying, you know, I'm here to help. I'm volunteering. What can I do? What can I do to, to lessen the load? That eases the worry a bit. But um, yeah, I'm always worried. I think you have to be. Yeah. You have to be. If you're going to do any sort of change, then you can't just sit around thinking that everything is going to work out. I think just elevating the conversation and lifting mm. the lid on this topic as mm. a first step is a big win, yeah. I think, you know. Um, and it's saying to people, it's okay to have this conversation. I think the, the main thing, I mean, there's, there's big changes to make. A lot of people are coming to yes. us saying, well, what do we do, you know? How can we solve the, the recruitment issue? How can we bring more people in? But I yeah. think the, the main thing is just a mindset shift mm -hmm. uh, it's something it needs to happen where the topic of race is no longer taboo 
because mm-hmm. you know I can't tell you how many times I've I've witnessed people hesitate before saying mm-hmm. the word black like it's mm-hmm. an offensive term like it's not mm-hmm. offensive you know mm-hmm. everyone is really scared to say the wrong thing and if we can't even have the conversation how are we going to find solutions you know just very sadly the the timing of all of this was mm-hmm. around black lives matter movement and which is sort of raised, should I say, corporate consciousness around this whole topic, which is a good thing. I think the challenge for you as an organisation is how do you how do you continue that momentum? How do you continue pushing organisations? Because everybody's like, yes, we need to do something, and there's been yeah. some great pledges, and but it's keeping that going. Um, I, th- I see that as a real challenge. Well, I mean, okay, so I think the response that uh, we've seen across different industries to Mm -hmm. the the murder of George Floyd, I think that there's a silver lining. It was a tragedy, but there is a silver lining in that it's the first time that, you know, corporations have finally publicly announced what side of the fence they stand on. Right. Uh, And what that does is it it gives us a reference point for... Mm -hmm you know, the next time when we do want to approach them, we can say, hey, you know, remember when you you posted that black square and you made that statement, you know, how serious are you about this? You know, so um, the the buzz around it, as you can call it, that is is dropping off. Mm -hmm. Um, But Colour of Research was never meant to be a response to the the death of george floyd black lives matter is is an amazing initiative and uh well it's been around for for a decade now and they'll Mm -hmm. they'll keep on uh doing great work and had this tragedy not happened we'd have still been standing on the rooftops screaming this message out and and we're going to keep on doing that again i think we will do the best that we can to keep keep marketing it keep pushing it up there keep having the conversation so talk about some of the specific things that you're driving maybe one or two of the most important things well the mentoring scheme is um it's called each one teach one because it's about shared experience it's about partnering people up with with people who are further along the line who will also be able to relate to them on the topic of race and how that's affected them it's not to exclude people or to say that okay if you if you're white you've got no value to give to someone who's, who's not white of course you do but we have a different area for that we've got a master classes uh, segment where we're, we're right. basically allowing or asking for um, people who have specialist skills to be able to contribute to to the upskilling of these people because Mm -hmm. you know the mentoring is is about the shared experience the upskilling is something else the fresh faces initiative is is all about trying to bring in more colorful faces into the industry Mm -hmm. so that includes talking at universities and trying to you know the research industry is is not the the sexiest industry you know people often don't go to uni and say, oh, what I really want to do is, <laughs> is market research. I did. I <laughs> did. That's, I, was just, I, I was one that actually said, I want to go into market research. It's very odd, but yeah. yeah. Very, very, very rare. Yeah, like a unicorn. You know, the majority <laughs> of us, market research was not even on my radar. It, I didn't even know it existed until yeah. 
I fell into it. We do some really cool stuff. So yeah. it's, it's about reaching out to, to the younger generation, making them more interested in joining us in market yeah. research. You know, intersectionality is something that is a term that's used a lot. Um, yes. It's foolish, I think, to ignore the fact that the majority of the neighbourhoods that ethnically diverse kids grow up in uh, are, are not the best neighbourhoods. They're also a lot of them are the neighbourhoods where the schools are underfunded, where the the crime rate is higher, where they they face different challenges. So, you know, they might not be the ones who end up going to the top universities in, yeah. in the UK, and that doesn't mean that they don't potentially have a really bright and exciting career in market research. Mm. You know, they might be the the fresh faces to to come and and change this whole industry and that sort of wraps up the fresh faces um yeah. we've also got the spotlight initiative which mm -hmm. is all about highlighting the the excellence that we have already um so we, we've got our own podcast um basically highlighting some success stories people in the research industry who have made it big and um you know give a bit of inspiration to the younger generation we've got uh what we're setting up at the moment, we're calling the speakers shortlist. Um, this is one of the things at the request of the MRS, because yes. you know you, they, they're really struggling to to find ethnic speakers of, of good caliber to talk at events. And there's a diversity directory. There's another. This it's, it's like this thing keeps on growing and growing because you know we people are coming to us. One of the things that people uh, were coming to us and asking is okay, you know, in terms of resourcing, we want to work with inclusive suppliers, but where are they? How do we, how do we reach out to them? Now, where do we find uh, ethnic freelancers? Where do we find field agencies who are, who are owned by ethnic or, or research agencies? It, it, I could really go on for, for a long time. I remember you talking something about the City Pledge, and that's something quite unique. Can you just tell us a bit about, uh, about that? So... Basically, we are speaking with MRS about getting this included into the CEO pledge, but it's it's really it's a bit of a no-brainer. It's it's so simple that I'm surprised it's not you know the norm already. The way that we measure diversity, ethnic diversity in the UK, how diverse a company is, is all based on the national representative. So you know, NatRep in the UK, it's thirteen percent. So if your research has got 13%, you're good, you know. Um, but the majority of the, the research agencies and the large companies, they're, they're in cities like London, like Manchester, where you know, the, the ethnic makeup is far higher than that. In, in the UK, it's, um, sorry, in, in London, it's 41 point something percent. So what we really want is... To, to see research and, and that benchmark for ethnic diversity to, to be at the, at the rate of the city. And that's what the city rep pledge is, is all about. It's, it's about trying to make it, because that, that's realistic. If you're going to, to make a company as diverse as the city it's in, as, as what you're seeing outside, you know, that's more reflective than just the country as a whole. Because I'm sure people are not travelling from Scotland to come into your offices in London every day. So why is that included in your in your makeup? You know, 
so that's that's something that in, in the next 18 months we'll be looking to to have pretty much all of the industry uh, companies put their stamp on that they will aim for this it's a big big ask i think city rep is about putting the benchmark in the in the place where it actually is supposed to be um, and it works both ways as well in terms of research like another big problem and, and pet peeve especially in the qual space um it's like let's say you're doing research in in Venice or something some really small majority white town a lot yeah. of the time they, they've got oh yeah but you need to have minimum two percent uh two bame out of a of an eight person group and they're <laughs> rushing around looking for <laughs> the one black person in the village it yeah. doesn't make any sense you know yeah. it's, it's just like this one size fits all approach you know this is the thing that we need to need to steer away from yeah sort of mindset so final thoughts um for me and and the the listeners is if you're a, a listener what would you say are the two or three things that an individual do doesn't matter which background you're from what level you're at to help start changing things because you know inside insights is about change you know and we yeah. need to see change what is it they can they can do to help progress and make our industry a much more diverse and inclusive environment i think number one is educate yourself uh, a lot of people they might want to you know they, they'll get excited about what's happening in the world right now and want to speak out and say yeah this and that and da, da, da. but if you if you don't actually know the problem then how do you know that the the effort that you're putting in is not going to be more of a detriment than than help you know so um educate yourself and look for organizations where you can support in terms of race organizations like core in terms of sexuality you've got organizations like mrs pride in yeah. terms of gender you've got organizations like wire you know these are all organizations that are trying their best to 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 create change and you know they need all the support that they can get so if you if you want to be part of the change then i'd say first you know look in do your research and and second just get involved you know actively join these conversations and ask you know what what do you need from me what can i do and mm. lend that support um i think education is key you know mm. um and one of the sort of key things that came out the black lives matter movement is uh people of white background understanding racism and the term mm. white privilege coming out and i think it's just made people a lot more um open to having these discussions and i think we should a large group of small fish can scare away a big yeah. shark yeah you know? so it's, it's all about just uniting as many people as we can even if you're small doesn't mean you're insignificant yeah you know? yeah very very good point and this is where call came from you know yeah, exactly yeah definitely um well thank you theo that was thank a you. wonderful conversation and um I guess if our listeners want to find out more about Core, get involved, just go mm. to your website or get in touch with you. There's lots yeah. there. So yeah, go to, to, to colorofresearch.org. Sign up as a member. It's the first thing. You know, it's free. It keeps you in the loop with everything that we're doing. So, you know, please go ahead and do that right away. 
there's a number of different ways that people can get involved. As, as I mentioned already, you know, you could be a mentor, help guide this next generation. You could be a mentee, let the let the people who have been there help you. Um, you can be a sponsor, uh, help to, you know, you can be an advocate, a volunteer. There's so many different routes to, to, to support. I mean, this is a very big, big problem that we're tackling. So mm -hmm. we need as many hands on deck as we can get. So, so yes, if you do have interest in it, please, please do reach out. Fantastic. Thank you for your time. And um, I look forward to seeing all the impact and I will be supporting you and working with you. So yeah, we've got, Excellent. I'm, I'm really looking forward to working together. Thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks so much. Thank I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, Theo. That was an, an amazing interview and I wish you all the best of luck. Ryan, what did you think of that? What what resonated with you um, within that interview? I really enjoyed listening to Theo talk. I wish it, I wish I could get on a plane and be in London because he'd be a fun person to go have a few beers with and just and just kind of talk about life and culture and sport and everything else that he was interested in. Um, you know, the thing that really struck out to me that I didn't know before this interview yeah. was Core was not born out of the Black Lives Matter movement. The fact that this was something that they recognized the need to do months before this happened, before we were in COVID and it was just a function of really thinking through the project. Yeah. And, and I guess it gives me some hope for the world because it's like, you know what? It didn't take horrific events that happened in the United States for these folks to realize there was an opportunity to do something to advance the diversity cause. So yeah, that, that was the thing that really struck out to me, Babita. Um, I'm yeah. sure his sports fandom is an interesting dynamic in his circle of friends. Um, Inter-London football uh, rivalries are pretty, uh, pretty intense too, but... Yeah. You know, the diversity, the diversity initiative being something pre-COVID is just fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, and actually, I've been having many conversations with people around um, how you build relationships in this new normal that we're in and approaching building relationships. And it's, and it's how it's so much more difficult. But then, do you know what really gets my goat? And I don't know if you have that term over in the US right now. And then this sort of takes us on to our next segment, which is understanding misunderstandings. And for me, I don't know, I'd like to unpack new normal with you um, a little bit more because it's something that I am really fed up of hearing. Like every time, like back in April, yeah, fine, like, what's new normal but now I hear it I sort of want to sort of curl my toes and it means different things to different people what's what's your take on new normal and how does it make you feel you know what it's I'm so sick of it like you said like it, it, it you know I get probably 20 emails from people trying to sell me stuff every day and it's always like, I hope you're doing well in this uncertain time and this in the new normal. And then they sort of throw in their value prop. And, and I think the truth is, it, it is a misunderstanding because we don't know what's to come, right? We don't know what's going to happen with this virus. We don't know what the recession is going to look like. We don't, we actually just don't know. For me to say that is is almost ignorant to the fact of that reality that we actually don't know what a new normal is. And, and, and the, the truth is everybody's in different places. So for me personally, you know, we've, we as a business have performed relatively well through this time. Um, I've gone from traveling on an airplane, being away from my kids every single day to working in a zoom environment. 
And fortunately, so far, I've not had anybody get sick. So for me, it means something different to somebody who might be living in an apartment, um, struggling to, to be productive and work on their couch, but also to somebody who lost a loved one or lost their job or is struggling to put food on the table. And so I, I find it to be a, you know, an, almost an irresponsible thing to say because um, it lacks empathy for what people might be going through. Um, so yeah, I wish people would stop saying it, but I do think it's, it's such an, it, it, it's a statement that you make without understanding what someone's actual reality is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like we have to normalize ourselves now to a great amount of uncertainty. And, and I know you're a type A individual just like I am and yes, not in that uncertainty is, is really challenging and we don't know how we're going to be coming out of all of this personally as organizations and, and being agile. Now that's another word that I think we need to unpack in future podcasts is, is really, really important. So I guess our message out there is if you are using the word or going to go to the term new normal, really think about the context of that individual that you're you're talking to and maybe it's about time we stopped using new normal and say you know this is the world normalizing yourselves in the environment that that we're in or maybe take it as an opportunity take it as an opportunity to understand what someone's reality is one of the ways to get over misunderstanding each other is to talk to each other and understand where different viewpoints are coming from right so instead of instead of saying asserting like you know what someone's new normal is maybe just like ask them yeah. How, they're, how they're dealing with it. I mean, one of the things we've been doing at work is one of our programmers built this app called Ketchup. Yes. It randomly pairs people, right? So we launched this four weeks ago. I've riffed with four people who I otherwise would not speak to mm. about nothing but work, right? It was just like, yeah. and, and I've seen four different setups, four different realities, four different yeah. mental health states, anxiety states, comfort levels, you know, like it's, everybody is different. So I think it's an opportunity for us to, to, to double click on empathy, which brings you back to some of the key themes that you and Theo were discussing. Yeah. Yeah. It's about understanding each other as humans because that is so much more important today than it has ever, ever been. And, you know, being at Zappi, it's one of the things that we, we really value. So thank you everybody for listening. We're always looking for cool ideas. And if you want to participate in our podcast, and you've got a really great message to give out there, email us at insideinsights at zappistore.com. Thank you once again, and look forward to um, you joining our next podcast, which will be in the next couple of weeks. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.